Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Pod. We are the podcast that talk about Scottish football through the unique lens of fantasy football. My name, I think it's John, and I'm joined by a guy. Who are you? Sorry? It's uh, it's Scooby. Scooby. Yeah, 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 yeah. With an S. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to make it through that opener. No, I mean, I've totally forgotten how to say every whatever the lingo was. Pure fear on your face as you got about halfway into there and you forgot the name of the podcast and then what we were talking about. Yeah, and if we've forgotten the name of our podcast, then I bet the <laughs> listeners have too. <laughs> you know what have you been doing, mate? <laughs> Happy New Year, first of all, you know. Yep, yep. I definitely can't say that in March. <laughs> <laughs> first uh, pod since November. Well, it's... Um, uh, it's been quite the start of the year and lots going on that sadly kept us away from podding. Um, but We're back. Our, our, our passion for the cinch has never been dampened. Yeah, we, we have not taken our eyes off it. Now, Scobie, I'll just ask you, please, to not stand up. Obviously, we're doing this on a Teams call. I had a call earlier this morning where a quite well-respected colleague of mine <laughs> stood up. In the middle of the call to reveal that he was not wearing any trousers (laughs) and walked to go for a piss in his hotel room (laughs) without realising obviously he's still on camera. (laughs) Oh my god. So like like so he obviously thought like he thought he'd put the camera off or he thought that was I hope he thought he'd put the camera (laughs) off. (laughs) Was there any reaction as he came back to the screen? Is it was it Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, like, pretty much falling off my chair laughing. <laughs> you um, kind of, you've thought people have got, you know, that, that sort of whole team's uh, etiquette and, and approach yeah. down now after, what, three years we've been doing this for. It's great to still hear stories like that. Great to still hear things like that happening. That's yeah. just top drawer. Oh, it was, it was fantastic. So now I'm going to stand up for you, Scooby. <laughs> in your pants <laughs> no, no no lovely stuff it. lovely stuff oh, John I, I hope it's not um uh, well it's a, a bit of a strange coincidence that in the time we weren't podding you spent most of that time in the top three of fantasy football Scotland's rankings and then as soon as we decided to do the pod again you've fallen to 16th correct are you tumbling down so is it, do you think there's something going on there yeah yeah, I think there's the definitely the overthinking aspect of uh, <laughs> fantasy uh, play that comes into it. I'm sure all of our listeners can uh, can sympathise with. Yeah, and they're talking about it every week. Possibly adds to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Over, the yeah, less exactly. we do this, the better you are at fantasy football, Scott, and that's the trade-off. Correct, correct. And we're 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 recording tonight, Scobie. Um, it's just gone 9.30. There was matches going on tonight, some brilliant matches. It was, it was Edinburgh versus Glasgow. Um, it was two of the worst teams uh, form-wise in the league, Livingston against Dundee United. Yep. You know, you had so much narrative going on uh, with Ron Gordon's really sad passing at Hibernian, so an emotionally charged Easter Road tonight. You had yep. Ange with his 200th match in charge for Celtic, not lost in 39 games at home. And Scobie, how many games were on TV? There were none tonight. Uh, I assume they were they were showing Premiership years 1997, 1998 on Sky instead, or something like that. It's farcical, isn't it, John? It's just I just can't get over it. Like that great selection of fixtures this evening, and it just it happens every Wednesday night on Sunday games, and 
you know, Aberdeen and United on Saturday night. Apparently that was moved for television. I paid Six thirteen o'clock. pounds for pay per view. We all need dodgy fire sticks, Scobie. I so so I hear. If you know, if you're not got a fire stick, what are you doing with your life? But I mean, is it all that talk at the start of the year about that deal, the pledge from Sky that they were definitely going to show more games? Mm. It really doesn't feel like it. I mean, I'm sure the numbers might suggest they've scored, they've shown an additional game by the end of the season or something like that. But you know, the coverage has not improved whatsoever, in, in my opinion. Just so many gaps, like tonight, mm. as you say. Yeah, really disappointing since BT uh, lost the rights. It's just gone so far downhill. Yeah, um, yeah. Just watching sort of Chris Boyd smile or cry, depending on the, the Rangers result. Um, anyway, should we chat about how we're going to do this podcast? What are we going to do tonight? We've quite a bit so, to cover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, we've missed quite a lot of the season, so we'll just sort of catch up in March now. Um, there's been a decent bit of managerial merry-go-round, so I think that's what we'll cover in part one. I think the listeners can probably guess... Um, where in the country we're going for that, uh, but it'll be Motherwell, uh, Dundee United. Uh, we, we might touch on Pataudry. I, I don't know You think yet. so? Yeah. yeah. And then it's I've got time. a bit of fun um, about penalties that have been uh, awarded this season in part one. Part two, Scobes, you've, you've been the one that's um, that's looked into this. Yeah, we're going to look at that as we, frighteningly enough, 10 games to go this season. Mm. Not a lot. Where has that gone? So we're going to have a look at some of the sides that are um, got a lot to play for as the season closes, uh, right on the precipice of things. Oh, lovely. Big word slotted into part one there. And then in part three, yeah, we're going to maybe uh, focus on our fantasy football Scotland teams. We all we both use chips this week, uh, bench boost, wild card and triple captain. We're all out. Yeah. And we've got a little bit of Q&A as well um, from the Twitter sphere, who have not forgotten who we are. So, look, let's dive straight into it. Managerial merry-go-round. We're going to go to Far Park. We're going to start at Motherwell. Yep. The Steel Men, uh, they, if you can cast your mind back, actually had Graham Alexander at the start of the season. And uh, that defeat Sligo Rovers uh, in Europe, if you can call Sligo Rovers a European football match, uh, was sort of the beginning of the end from him. And he was swiftly moved on uh, for Stevie Hamill. Uh, club legends had a decent bit of a new manager bounce there, um, but didn't win at home since August, um, and it culminated in another cup defeat. Uh, this time at Starks Park to Wraith Rovers. Um, Scobie, what did you think of that sort of sacking there? I think it was it was inevitable. I mean, at least you know uh, this is a theme we're going to go on to. At least with Hamill, it was a pretty low risk, and I'm sure a, a very small amount of investment from the club, from a club that doesn't have an awful lot to invest. So I understood why they did it, and it was probably an easier decision for them to make because of that. Um, But I wasn't expecting where they went next. A bit of a left-field choice for me. Up steps Stuart Kettlewell, um, who had obviously rather unceremoniously been sacked by County. Because he he had a bit of a strange start to his managerial career. He was a co-manager, wasn't he? Um, Kind of did okay, got County back into the Premiership, and then he became sole manager uh, and I think he won seven of his 24 games and and was punted um Stuart Caswell the man with one of the dodgiest haircuts in uh, Scottish football but yes out he comes uh, he's doing some punditry for a while into the into the hot seat at Motherwell and he's done very well isn't he yeah yeah well I mean he was he was he was a coach at Motherwell he was like a youth team coach at Motherwell so it wasn't completely left well left field is a sort of temporary appointment uh, yeah, it does a bit on BBC. So, yeah, he came in. 
Um, and yeah, in the sort of three games that he was given sort of temporary being in charge, he actually won manager of the month for February. Uh, beat Hearts, John Obika, of course, scored against Hearts. Uh, beat St Mirren as well, which, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll come on at St Mirren, been really impressive this season and drew away at Kilmarnock. Uh, since then, they've also now gone on to win at Ross County 2-0. Um, I mean, he's getting a tune out of Kevin Van Veen, uh, which I think's you know, just massive um, in the Scottish Premiership. Yes. He's gotten 13 goals this season. Van Veen seems to play really well when he plays with another striker than that yep. striker is John Obika just now and he's perfectly good at this level um, to sort of yeah. um, you know distract defenders enough so that Van Veen can create some space in the box for him to, to use that great predatory instinct that he has. Definitely, definitely. He's the fourth highest goal scorer in the league isn't he now and I think that's the thing, that's the difference if you've got a player like that uh, as you're facing the run to the end of the season bagging goals, it makes Stuart Kettlewell's life an awful lot easier, something he didn't really have at County um, you know, when he was there. Although Ross Stewart's scoring a lot of goals now down at, uh, down south. Okay, so from the managerial um, merry-go-round at Motherwell, we'll move on to Dundee United, where we had Viva Le Jack Ross at the start of the season and that famous 1-0 win against Azeg Alkmaar, but that quickly went tits up, as we know. <laughs> Liam Fox came in, uh, a, a quiet, quite unassuming bloke, the kind of guy that um, your dad probably wouldn't think... Um, Gets the boys up for the game in the change room, no. shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> so when things start to turn sour, it's his mannerisms on the side of the pitch and and uh, and, and really uninspiring um, interviews that really do get picked up by the press. And it, and it all sort of culminated in that game up at Dingwall uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, where the chairman came out and said that it didn't matter if they got relegated because, of course, they'd come straight back up and... Well, Scobie, that wasn't exactly the most inspiring piece of uh, motivational speaking I've ever heard. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. And uh, Tony Ashgar, I think, quite rightly stepped down from his role um, as sporting director right after that. Uh, yeah. Which I think was, 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 was not, uh, yeah, I don't think anyone was upset about that in yeah. Dundee. I mean, um, I mean, United have got a lot of problems with their team. I mean, I mean Berigiti, I mean, not the, the replacement of Benjamin Segrist has just gone so badly wrong. Yes. You know, when Stevie May clattered into him for the for the second goal uh, and Bergiti in his sort of shame pretended to have hurt his uh, shoulder and went off injured. I mean, come on. <laughs> you always know when somebody's <laughs> somebody's doing that. Coincidentally, when they've just massively yeah. cocked up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you caught the terrorist of the week, but the, uh, the St. Johnston TikTok channel had actually recreated that goal on FIFA. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It was quite an easy one to do. You just get the goalie to wait for it. And then yes. May just comes colliding in. <laughs> Incidentally, Berghese did not uh, pretend to be injured in the FIFA version. No. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, the dreadful goalkeeper, they've never really had a sort of solve that issue of uh, defensive midfield. They've conceded the least fouls in the league, which I think is quite telling of just 266. So they're just not um, challenging opposition very much. So yeah, Liam Fox went. There was a sliding doors moment. Uh, there was. Something happened at Petodre and Jim Goodman <laughs> left. And uh, quite interestingly, last week, he was then appointed two days prior <laughs> to this point where Dundee United were playing Aberdeen. I mean, if I was advising Jim Goodman, I'd have said stay out of management until the summer, big man. And he's just or just wait like- five days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then maybe take the job. Um, 
No, he didn't have much of a chance to influence things, did he? 3-1 defeat. I don't think that can be really laid at his door. I don't think he deserves to be coined or have no. just chucked in. I think or pies, ha- be I think, abused. I think pies. I think verbal abuse and pies are fair enough. Yeah, we'll draw the line at coins. Juice you're all right with, but coins is maybe a step too. Yeah, well. yeah. No, look, I mean, I wish do wish Goodwin all the best. I mean, the one thing good Jim Goodwin cannot do, and it was a, it's a quote that haunted him during his tenure at Pataudry, where he said, the defence will be an easy fix. As we know, the defence yes. for Jim Goodwin is not an easy fix. Jim will not fix it. And what he did for United was put Ryan Edwards at that sort of right side of defence yes. um, at the weekend. And I believe it was the Aberdeen co-commentator that said that milk turns quicker than Ryan Edwards. And that, that, that turns <laughs> to be, turned out to be correct, I'd say, on, on Saturday night. Um, so, yeah, look, Goodwin's got a, a, big, a big job on his hands there. Uh, they got a good point at Livingston tonight, I think, if that held yes, on. Yes, they yeah. did. That's now full-time, 1-1. Uh, with Beach, who's a bit of a fantasy football Scotland favourite this season. He's got, he scored two goals really early on in the season that got everyone jumping on uh, that bandwagon, left wing back, um, sort of playing a bit further forward, which is the kind of thing we like. Yeah. I mean, I do wonder, like, do, does he have a chance to revive his career there? It's a sort of similar situation in terms of the, the you know, the club he goes to as he, as he was with um, when he was at St Mirren. You know, arguably better, your better resource club, um, and certainly some good players in that squad. I know you've seen the goalkeeper situation, but let's not, you know, again, blame that in, it, in its entirety. I think players like Levitt, fantastic players. They brought back Stephen Fletcher into the Scottish Premiership. I still think, and Goodwin said that he thinks he can still get another half a dozen goals uh, between now and the end of the season if they, if they put him in the right position. So there is some talent in that team and there's a lot of experience as well. So he, he inherits a, a quite a good squad mm-hmm. after tonight, three points behind Kilmarnock and Ross County, who we're going to talk about a little bit later. You know, I think he's got an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, it's an opportunity, but if he does take United down, then you do wonder, you know, where his next job's going to come from. Yeah, but then is he expected to keep them up? Mm. Yeah, it's kind of they are. They, you know, I think I I think they're most likely to go down right now. Is Dundee United? Um, so yeah, for the, sure. for that, it's kind of a free shot for him in in, in that sense of the word. Yeah. Yeah, and if he's yeah. smart, you you look at it and you think you can probably get a chance a little bit to build um, at the club. There's going to be a new sporting director or somebody coming in in a senior mm-hmm. management position within that club. Now that Ashgar's gone, hopefully a bit more stability, you'll get a chance to, to do it one for one year in the championship, bring them back up and potentially be in a far stronger position for it. Um, you know, if he doesn't, as you say, where, where else is he going to go? And I think the thing that's been a sort of common theme emerging with these clubs, and it sort of does segue us quite nicely into Aberdeen, is I think this running uh, issue whereby Scottish football clubs just don't have the, you know, the the funds available to pay out big name managers on a regular basis. Yeah. Like Aberdeen have had to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, Aberdeen looking for their third manager in the last uh, 15 months, basically. Yeah. Um, having appointed two relatively rookie, well, Stephen Glass was definitely a rookie manager, and even Jim well, Goodwin, you know, quite young still, yeah. and having only been at Aloha and St. Mary. Yeah. At the time, I thought it was a good appointment. I'll, I'll stand by that thought at the time. But yeah, my goodness, the deterioration um, for Aberdeen since the World Cup was just uh, quite yes. startling. Um, yes. I mean, he was so close to pulling off a 2 1 win against Rangers at Pataudry. 
conceded two goals in the 95th and 96th minute. And from there, it really, really just went downhill. League Cup semi-final. Um, you know, there was. I thought we played well in that game. A moment of yep. madness from Anthony Stewart. But yep. in general, it felt like we were going in the right direction. And then mm-hmm. we went to Tynecastle, got whipped by you boys. Yep. Uh, and then, well, yeah, the worst defeat and in then what else? 140 <laughs> year history was at Darville. Uh, yeah. I think I'm starting to maybe figure out why we didn't do a pod for for so many uh, for so many months, John. It also seems to have landed coincidentally when Aberdeen were having an absolutely dreadful spell. Yeah. Yeah, could be guilty. Could be guilty of that. Uh, yeah. Look, I think that's something the, the the big thing we've already touched on. He never really sorted the defence out. I mean, bringing Anthony yeah. Stewart from Wickham, having never played in Scottish football before, and making him club captain was a bold call. Very. And um, you know, he clearly could defend a bit, but he was not no way a cut above anyone in the league. So then to him to be the club captain as well, just it was just mm-hmm. a job to, way too big for him. Um, and the recruitments were never were never there. I mean, the, the first thing Robson's done since coming in is this um, sort of caretaker manager was boot Anthony Stewart to MK Tons uh, and bring in two new centre-halves uh, who have been nicknamed Goose and Maverick, if you know your Top Gun, Scobie. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, I mean, it's good about Robson, you know, does he have a, a long-term future in that, in that um, role as we've just... You know, discussed. I think you're probably still paying. Like if you paid a sum out to McInnes, you know, after giving him quite a long-term contract, just not too long before he departed. Am yeah. I right? You know, then yeah. obviously Glass. We've talked about Goodwin and in you know successive seasons. Robson makes a lot of sense for you as a club, not just financially, but because he knows the club and and because he knows the league well, and he seems to be doing a good job. Respectable start there, winning three of his five games in charge so far. Obviously, the big win against Dundee United on Saturday, which was exactly what the fans needed. So, yeah, what do you think? Is he a long-term answer? Um, I, Look, I think he's done well in what he said. I mean, he's still very, very rookie. And sort of to go back onto the point that we just sort of alluded to, the last two managers, quite rookie. I think it would be another gamble for Aberdeen. But, yeah, I mean, he played football to a very, very high level. Um, as you say, he's an, he's an Aberdeen guy, so he, get, he gets the club well. And uh, yeah, I mean, a couple of results have been good. Has he got a bit more sophistication about his tactics and the way he wants to play other than just sort of getting the team up for it and, and being organised? I'm not sure. I think yeah. the appointment of Alan Burrows is quite clever. Um, Very. From um, you know, he's a chairman that's got a lot of uh, passion for Aberdeen. Uh, but though he does live in America and recently had some surgery, so needs to sort of take a step back from the day-to-day running of it and to get a guy like Alan Burrows, who's you know been at Motherwell for 16 years, um, previously working under Anne Budge before she went to to Hearts. I think it's a really uh, clever yeah. appointment. So, look, I don't think there's any rush, and if Robson was to get it to the end of the season, I'd have absolutely no qualms. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Chris Wilder is of course no longer in the frame. He was um, being touted as a possible one, but he's now. I think Watford have appointed him as their 11th manager in about 11 weeks. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so I think he was clearly stringing Aberdeen along, which is never nice to see. Yeah, uh, he'll probably be available just... again in April um, <laughs> by the time Watford have sacked him. But um, yeah. yeah, who knows? Ricardo Rodriguez is the current favourite, uh, two to one on. So we'll see. Ja- ja- Japanese league sort of copying Celtic on that. I suppose. But yeah, you've had the sort of classics, Dwight Yorks and Nicky Butts coming out saying they want to end. Uh, yeah, all Fantastic. that kind of good fun. 
Uh, Good fun, to, isn't to it? Anyway, do you want to find out about some penalties? I am. I'm intrigued by this section. You okay. told me it was coming up. I don't know what it entails, um, but I'm sure it's going to be full of facts and wonder. Okay, well, I mean, kind of since the last time we potted, we have introduced VAR in Scottish football, which has been a hilarious introduction, as I think we were all expecting. It was never been anything other than comical. <laughs> uh, but I thought it was interesting stats. So there were 17 penalties awarded in the 63 Premiership pre-VAR fixtures of the season. So that's 0.27 a game, so about one in four a game. Yeah. One in four games. And in the yep. 102 fixtures since VAR was introduced, there have been 46 penalties awarded, so nearly one every two games. So you're looking at about double the amount of penalties being awarded now because of the introduction in VAR. Um, wow. Which is, it's, it's a lot, isn't it? Out of those, the teams that have sort of benefited the most, you could maybe say, Aberdeen, Hearts and Rangers have all had nine penalties this season. Uh, yeah. Most most concedes, Aberdeen have conceded 12 penalties this season. 12? No prizes for guessing who have conceded no penalties this season. Yeah, and possibly Rangers? And you'd be correct. <laughs> Celtic are actually bang in the middle, so hopefully this just dispels any conspiracy theories that they've all got. They've yeah, well, they conceded about the... three to hearts in one game, didn't they, when yeah. they scored a hat-trick, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Most boring team in the cinch for penalties is Ross County. They've got one and conceded one. They're also the most boring team in the Scottish Premiership. <laughs> yeah. So that's true to all. <laughs> no Reagan Charles Cook this season. We've been really bored with them. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, look, the introduction of VAR, like, I think the onside offside stuff, like, even um, tonight at Celtic Park for the Hearts and Celtic goals that were that were quite tight, that's where VAR can be a good because it's kind of black and white. Yeah. Um, but there's been some shocking decisions, hasn't it? I mean, the clear and obvious stuff just doesn't come into it half the time. It doesn't. It doesn't. And from a fantasy football point of view, then, is it is it just becoming a necessity to therefore have penalty takers in your team. Yeah. If yeah, we're seeing so. such a rise in penalties. Yeah. I mean, you could look at like Mark O'Hara. I think he scored five penalties this season. Mm-hmm. Your man, Lawrence Shankland. Um, I mean, what, 17 goals this season? And yeah. nine of those are penalties. Penalties, yeah. So that's just, you know, enormous numbers. Tav has been always captain him. He got another penalty tonight at Easter yes. Road. Shock. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what so you Rangers want must is... be at what 1.5 penalties a game or something. Is it? Are they what's their average now? No, no, no. They, they've only had they've had the same amount as Hearts and Aberdeen. <laughs> quite, yeah. I was I was quite surprised by that. But yeah, basically yeah. you want a team that are not passing penalties around and not missing them. No. Nope. Uh, and that those those guys are quite are quite um are quite good selections for your fantasy football Scotland team. Do you know, if from a VAR point of view, if it has um, affected disallowed goals? I don't feel like we've had as many disallowed goals. Oh, I don't know. I would like to see. Maybe that's that's some stats for for next part. Is that my homework? Like, maybe, homework. maybe this is a new feature, John's VAR corner, where we okay. go and review some VAR stats. Well, it's better but than... Yeah, have you I have that? noticed there's been an awful lot of penalty decisions coming through and not an awful lot of goals being ruled out. The, the VAR feature from Ricky Foster is absolutely awful in BBC Sport, so hopefully ours will be a bit more expect- exciting. <laughs> but I did notice that he's now been made, he's like a coach at Motherwell, he's like the coach of Motherwell or something, and then yes. he's still commenting him. I was like, surely you can't be a pundit and be Spent like... Spent enough time on the sofa with Stuart that he's, yeah, job, job's <laughs> the boys. That's generally it. Job's the boys, isn't it? Yeah. Generally it. 
Fantastic. Well, we've covered quite a lot of ground there in part one. We've not even got into into part two yet. So should we should we wind this up? Yes. Hello and welcome back to part two of the Fantasy Fitbar Pods. The split is only five games away. Scobie, how do we feel about that? I love the split. Do you? Yeah, I love the split. It means summer's getting near, John. It means stag do's. <laughs> it means weddings. And if if our performance two weeks goes anything to go by, I don't think we're in particularly good nick for the stag do's, John. No. We had a weekend in uh, Newcastle, listeners, and uh, it's fair to see it took out of us. I don't know whether age is playing a part now, I don't know, <laughs> or maybe we're just out of form. We need a bit of pre-season, I think, just to warm yes. us up for it. I think we do. I think maybe that would help. Well, it could yeah. be a detriment as well. It's, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. But yeah, like now, a, a as we approach it. Afternoon in a weather spins, just to, just to warm you up. As we approach our mid thirties, yes, it seems to be taking more than three days to recover from a stag day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The following Saturday, I think you were saying it was for you. <laughs> yeah, but definitely um, due to some uh, some lack of practice as well. I do agree. A few more yeah. midweek pints would be in order. I actually felt yeah. a bit rough this morning. I had one pint last night. I woke up and felt rough. I was like, "Isn't it chill?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I might as well have six. <laughs> I haven't even had the enjoyment." One pint, dusty. Well, we could talk about that all part two, I'm sure, but we will not. Yes. As I said uh, earlier in the episode, there are ten games, ten, ten games to go for each club. Uh, five games from the split, as you rightly pointed out, John. So it is crunch time in the Premiership. So what we're going to kind of focus on here is just some of the teams that have got a lot to play for, um, with the end of the season sadly in sight. Where are we going to start first? We're going to kind of go top to bottom. And I swear, I've not done it on purpose, but we are going to start with Hearts. Shocked. Shockingly, I'm going to start there. Um, and yes, yeah, so obviously, since the start of the year, Hearts only lost twice in 11 games. Make that three times in 12 games as of 20 minutes ago. Uh, in all competitions, that is. Despite a couple of hiccups against Motherwell Rangers and Celtic, we did kind of get ourselves back on track, it seemed, against St Johnston on Saturday. Obviously lost uh, tonight against Celtic, weren't playing quite our full-strength team, and also, unfortunately, Janelli uh, limped off after about 40 minutes. Um, so, look, we'll take, I think, a lot of focus now on on, on this Saturday's Cup quarterfinal at home against Celtic, which of the two games is admittedly the one we really want to win. But it's been um it's been a fantastic 2023 so far for Hearts um and for of course Lawrence Shankland. Only Tav has scored more points in FFS than Lawrence Shankland this season, but shockingly he's now not scored in a month. Oh wow! Which um which for him is uh, you know is is unbelievable so i guess my question is will he get past 20 league goals this season and become the first hearts player to do it so, well you can maybe tell me who it was but john robertson yeah, john yeah no I, I look i think look he's on 17 goals right he's only got three to go um and there's 10 games left in the season so he should he should get it as you say i think he's on pens and he's been brilliant at, at taking them as well this season very good i would look i think the results 
in 2023 have been very good. And this is not me saying it, but sort of listening to the heart's noises. Have you actually played that well? I mean, it's St. John's, and maybe this is this is what's exciting and slash frustrating about hearts is that there's so much more potential, it feels, with this side because you're sort of brushing away teams like St. Johnston the weekend winning 3-0 without ever really getting out of second gear. I mean, the Aberdeen game that you beat us 5-0 in, I mean, yeah. I, don't, I genuinely don't think Hearts played very well. I mean, we no. were sh- appalling. And that's yeah. like not to take anything away from it. 100% deserve to win 5-0. But it just yeah. never really felt like you that you you had to try. I I would agree with that. I think looking back at the game since the start of the year, actually our first game of 2023 the first derby at home, which was 3-0, we played very well. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah. second the second derby, we beat Hibs again, 3-0 away. Hibs played pretty well in that derby, and the scoreline, I don't think, quite told the correct story. As you said, I think, you know, we were we were, you know, good against a very, very poor Aberdeen side in that in that mm. 5-0 game. But again, so yeah, I've heard these noises too. I think you then look at the games in February, Dundee United, the 3-1, obviously, with the one that was the headline grabber was um, the incredible goal from Humphreys from his own half. But again, we were 1-0 down in that game and then the card yeah. t- changes it all and we kind of come back. Played really poorly against Rangers, um, which let a lot of people down. I was at home and I think there was a feeling that that was a game that we really could have gone at them. They weren't mm-hmm. playing their best football at, you know, by their own admission at that point. And we yeah. were at home seemingly in this great run of form and, and they swept us away. Again, Nielsen picked a strange side that night. Kind of mm-hmm. looked like he tried to spring a bit of a surprise. Um, without, yeah, it's proper McInnes I... vibes at Aberdeen that, like just changing the team when you've won 10 games in a row when you play yeah. the firm. Yeah, never we'll really, uh, yeah, yeah, never really works that. I yeah. mean, um, player I've been really um, impressed with and, you know, I think when he signed in the summer, everyone was like, oh, a decent signing, but not quite sure how good he is and really stepped into uh, Craig Gordon's shoes excellently, hasn't he? Yes. Xander Clark, yes. five clean sheets. Um, great, you know, he's a great shot stopper, which you know, we know Gordon is a fantastic shot stopper, but I think he seems to offer a little bit more um, commandingness around, if that's a word, around the area, and his uh, kicking is also quite um, quite impressive. Bit better distribution, you'd say, maybe, than oh, Gordon. Absolutely. I mean, Craig Gordon, yeah. I'll, I'll never hear a bad word said about him, but it's, you know, it's, it's touch and Except lost Except he can't kick. <laughs> it's touch and lost him, aye. And, and for Scotland, there was a few bomb scares as well, so... Um, yes, absolutely. I think, and I think actually talking about Shankland and talking about Xander Clark, two Scottish players that are playing really good football at a good club, you know, sitting third in the league for most of the year, like Hearts. I think that's only a good thing for Scotland as well. And I, I hope to see both of those players in squads in the upcoming um, games for Scotland and maybe getting a bit of a run out because I never think that's, you know, a bad thing at all. Both of them. Um, haven't had a huge yeah, amount of chances there. I think Xander Clark's some of the huge chance, um, chance of starting, really. Yeah, and right. Gordon's out. I mean, Clark's been better than Marshall this season, I'd say. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, McGregor needs to just go to, like, a psychiatric ward and just sort of look after himself there. So, uh, I yeah. still honestly think one of my favourite moments, is, is completely off topic, but one of the favourite moments of the season was that heartwarming moment where Beale told... Uh, Told the Rangers boys to let them through and, and just let them score, you know, yeah. in the in the um, in the cup game, the Pat Thistle game, and and Shagger just couldn't help himself. 
just had to put the leg in at the end. Honestly, he needs to put it down. He really it was does. just so good. Um, anyway, off topic. But yes, another player from Hearts has obviously been a standout. And I'd, I'd mentioned him there, Josh Ginelli. I think he almost left the club earlier this season. wasn't Didn't seem particularly happy. There was a lot of new players coming in, and and he'd never, you know, he'd never been a an amazing player for 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 Hearts. And um, but he's been in really fine form recently. Uh, he's classed as a midfielder from a fantasy football Scotland um, oh, point right. of view, whereas he yeah. starts up top most of the uh, most weeks. Um, yeah. He's only three point seven million. I think he's only about four percent owned. He's now on ninety points uh, with twenty two in his last two starts. I think he's a better choice than Barry McKay at the moment. Um, yeah. But as I said, he, he has picked up a knock tonight, so he, maybe, maybe they were being cautious with the with the game against Celtic coming up this weekend. We'll wait and see, but he's definitely worth considering in April and um, and, and in for the split. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's another one, and also Stephen Kingsley is finally back. He's a bit of a steal at two point five million if he gets back playing regularly, but we'll see. So yeah, bit of a tough run from here for Hearts. We've got Celtic in the cup, as I said, and then we've got massive game against uh, Aberdeen and Petardry at the end of the month. Um, and then our April um, Kilmarnock, St Mirren, Hibs and Ross County. All of them have caused us problems, probably apart from County. Uh, so it's going to be difficult. That's a huge make or break month for us for third, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, no, we'll have to see. Yeah, obviously um, snapping on your heels. I don't know where you're going next. You know exactly where I'm going next. But Lee Johnson's Hibs. They have been exactly. in scintillating form up until this evening, obviously getting thumped for uh, one-off Rangers. But yeah, I think since losing that, losing the derby, correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong, five wins, a couple of draws in that time. A yeah. couple of uh, really good wins I was most impressed with was their away wins at St Mirren, who had only lost, I've only lost once, maybe twice there all season. Yeah. Obviously beat Celtic there earlier on this season, and against Livingston at the at the Macarena. Um, you know, they went 1-0 down to Joel Newblay's brilliance, but then came back fighting something that we'd never really associate with Hibs as going 1-0 down and then showing a bit of a bit yeah. of fight and getting into it. Um, so, yeah, no, they've been really good at the heart of it. Ewan, five goals, five games. Yeah. Um, seems to play really well with Hop- Hopper um, yeah. up front, maybe slightly better than he plays with Nisbet. Uh, there's, a, there's a thing for you, but Nisbet, obviously, finishing-wise... Uh, is a different different class. Um, Yoon's also he's also got six assists, six assists in the league this season. That's a lot of S's. That's a lot, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, got quite a good all round, exciting player they've got in their hands there. Yeah, massive, massively so. Yeah, I think uh, people were recommending avoid um, Hopper if people were considering him as a sort of like cheap addition because Nisbet obviously coming back and apparently so is Big Mick, who was a bit of a pod favourite. Uh, nice. Big Mick this season. Big Mick scored scored the fourth, didn't he, at the Macarena? Yes. So yes, he did, he did. Um, so yeah, but again, Yuan's only about six percent owned, so he's he's definitely one to uh, to be considering. And Will Fish has been in a storming uh, run of form recently mm. as well. He's got forty points from a fantasy perspective in the last five weeks. Yeah, they seem to just got it together, and, and mm. as, since that second defeat to Hearts, which again, as I say, I, I don't think they played too badly in that game, and, and maybe yeah. there was some signs there. He was obviously talking about um, you know, the fact that his big players needed to be playing, and he needed to clear out the driftwood, basically. He's not really had a chance to do that, and he's lost Porteous, but he's, he's still kind of managed to find a bit of identity. Do, do you think this is just a purple patch, or do you think 
they've no, I think there's a longer term trend here um, with what Lee Johnson's doing. As you say, Billy Fish has been been great, real set piece threat. They've gone with um, Egan Riley and Jago sitting as defensive mids that have added a lot of steel to that midfield and have really sort of provided a good foundation. You know, you think uh, they played St Johnston at home and won two 0 and it's just sort of seeing a slightly different side of Hibs. Um, where they're quite um, compact, but then good going forward. Josh Campbell um, seems to be playing really well in, in, in yep. this new formation. Um, so yeah, been really um, impressed with it with a couple of um, couple of those players away. And yeah, they've still got some players to come back. You know, Nisbet um, still still not fully fit yet. He'll come yep. back. They've got McGinnis to come back. Yeah. Um, so no, I think uh, I think well, the one position that they're really struggling, I'd say, is left back. Look, Lewis Stevenson has been an incredible um, ambassador and servant uh, for for Hibs over the over the last uh, decade or so. But they played um, is it Cabra Cabrea, Cabrea uh, Croatian yes. at, at Livy, and he just got torn a new one, even though they won four mm-hmm. one. So there's still still a few areas to work on. But yes. look, I, if I was Hearts, I'd definitely be looking over my shoulder. But they got Celtic. Uh, Hibs got Celtic mm-hmm. now on, on at the weekend as well. They, so. Yeah, they've they've got Celtic, um, and then they've got I think Motherwell, Dundee United. They've got obviously us. We've got a derby pre-split. Mm. Um, let's not forget and St Johnston. So look, I actually think the way the way the league is at the moment, all these good results from sort of third downwards, they're all going to be tight games. There's no yeah. whipping boys. I don't feel at the moment. You know, if Goodwin gets Dundee United going in particular, and we'll come on to the other two teams. So, but yeah, but they're very much in the race for third, and a lot of people thought that we'd sewn that up. Um, you know, in kind of December, uh, early January. So we'll wait and see. Just to, to sort of finish off our conversation about the top six, St Mirren's now a club that um, I wanted just to point to. I mean, it's been a bit of a case so far this season to take a bow, Stephen Robinson. I think as a manager, he's got them playing, you know, just it just looks so well drilled week on week. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously had some big scalps and we thought they were maybe going to do it um, up until the second half of the game on Sunday again, they 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 pushed Celtic in that first half, and then obviously, you know, Celtic blew them away as they do a lot of teams in the second half. But you know, it's a difficult one. Given all of that, they still they've, they've not been consistent, and, and following tonight's results, I think they'll find themselves now. Is it is it seventh? No, nah, they're sixth because Livy end up drawing, so they're still right. they're still in that top six. One be a point yeah. between. Between the two of them. Yeah, totally agree with Point the, of uh, Aberdeen, point ahead of Livingston. Yeah. So tight in there in that little gap, isn't it? No, I totally agree with the Robinson and, and the well drilled team. I mean, uh, it was at um at St. Mirren on uh, Christmas Eve where they, they pumped us three one and um, and really, the really time. Like deserving it. Yeah, yeah. I mean they've been really good. Uh, I think um Trevor Carson arguably been the best goalkeeper in the league this season, sort of yep. um, you know, he's got eight clean sheets, third most in the league and when it's at one of the sort of smaller clubs, I think that's yep. really, really impression, uh, impressive. Um, you've also got uh, Small at left back. Um, he looks like a really uh, tidy little player. And he's obviously getting outshone fantasy-wise by Strain on the other side, who's, you know, got great free kicks and uh, set pieces in his locker. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Curtis Main, let's just take a moment. He was the butt of our jokes um, oh. during his time at Aberdeen, and and, and rightly so at times. But yeah. who'd have thought he's the 24th overall highest scorer in the game in March. He's got six goals and two assists this season. I think he's played just about every minute for St. Mirren. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's kind of worth considering if you want to save some dosh at the position. I think you had Curtis in at some point, did you not? 
Oh, I don't know. It might have been a hangover from his Aberdeen days. Uh, yeah, he scored at Pataudry as well this season, didn't he? He was giving it big lifts to the, to the Aberdeen goals. faithful. Not to be stiffed at, he could make double figures before the year end. I was like, Curtis Main, who do you think you are? <laughs> but yeah, I think it's going to be really tight, lad. And, yeah. and, and, and who knows, I think that could go right down to the wire. Yeah. I can expect us seeing right at the end of April on that final sort of day before the split. You know, like we had last year, even, you know, Aberdeen, St Mirren, Livingston, and who knows, St Johnston, Motherwell, perhaps vying for that spot as well. So I'm not going to talk about St. John's and Motherwell today. We'll kind of we'll, we'll pick up on them, I'm sure, next time. But I want to just sort of finish off with a bit of a wrap up. And we'll kind of talk about the two teams in one. But Ross County and Kilmarnock currently sitting neck and neck um, on 24 points, 10th and 11th. Ross County are 10th, courtesy of a far better goal difference, 10, 10 better than mm. Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock did get pumped a couple of times this year, didn't they? Um but yeah, so for Ross County, certainly not been a repeat of their dream season that they had last year under Malcolm McKay. But they've picked up nine points since January began. And I think their performances have been a lot better. So County sort of starting to to find their feet. Yeah. O'Kelly on the other side, Darren McKinnis, he's sort of just doing enough. He's doing an awful lot in cups. I mean, they've got Inverness in the quarterfinal of the Scottish Cup this weekend, which would be another semi-final this year if they, yeah. if they beat them. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, and it's what he did at Aberdeen. Obviously, only won one, but I mean, came up against Celtic yeah. like four times in the final. Um, yeah. So he, yeah, he he never had embarrassing defeats such as the one at Darville, um, or the one to no. Rafe over his last season, and you know had got to Aberdeen to like eight cup semi-finals or something in his time, which is like basically one a year, which is yeah, really really good. So yeah. he's really carried that on. Um, I mean, you you potentially argue that I'd say Kelly are the most limited team in the SPFL top flight. Like, it really is Armstrong or nothing for that team. Like, it is. It's purely yeah. him for all creative spark. You know, their top scorers are basically Ash Taylor, centre yeah. half. Um, so they're not creating anything. Whereas you look at other teams like Eamon Brophy, as you said already, looks like a really smart signing. You know, he's worth the signing alone, getting two goals and two assists in that game against London United. Like a huge yeah. three points. They're only winning the last six matches. And they've got players like Jan Danda, who I quite like. Um, he, he looks, um, he sort of starts in the middle of most games, but then when he moves out wide, he really starts to uh, give defences something to think about. I just don't have that feeling with Kilmarnock that they've got much. No, no, they've not. But, you know, you look at Daniel Armstrong has been a revelation, but, but you know, Deutsch they brought in, I think he got finally his first goal after 16 games. You yeah. know, and Deutsch was quite good at Ebbs. I know he wasn't banging them in, but he was a good player there. You know, of course, Lafferty and Shaw came in with pedigree as goal scorers in the championships. You kind of felt one of them would, you know, would maybe have a good season. Both of them have not. So it's, they've all been disappointing. I think the view from the fans is, is this is a championship squad that's playing in the Premiership, you know, and and that's the thing. If if he does yeah. manage to keep them up, it's an unbelievable effort in that. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think yeah, McInnes sort of alluded to that in the summer, didn't he? That they just yeah. hadn't made the investment that they wanted to, and anything staying up would be a good achievement. And yeah, yeah. I mean, look at it, as you say, it's so tight down there because with United picking up that point tonight, they they are now only three points off, uh, Killy and County, and it feels like one of those, well, two of those three will be in the bottom two. Um, Motherwell only looking up now after three wins in four games and yes. Johnston might get dragged into this they might get dragged into this 
we won't go there. We won't we won't dissect them. I think St Johnston maybe got enough. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's going to be tight to the end. Uh, Ashdale and Joe Wright, just to sort of point out, they're seventh and eighth top scorers and in, in defenders actually, and they've kind of been mainstays of McInnes's backline. So maybe worth considering for the split. Mm-hmm. And just on that, it's kind of funny, just as an aside, uh, how poor scoring the uh, defenders have been this season compared to seasons gone past. You know, a couple of years ago, it was all about the backline, wasn't it? Yeah. You basically just had to have that set. Um, you know, field yeah. of, of of Rangers and Celtic, and then last year a lot of Hearts um, defenders who scored a lot of points. This year it's been actually really poor the scoring amongst defenders. Yeah, a lot less clean sheets. Yeah, don't have that stat to hand, but feels like a lot less clean sheets. Yeah. Um, yeah. one one player pick out of those two teams, uh, Ross Laidlaw, I think's had a good season at County. Yes. Uh, he's actually got the most saves in the league this season with 93 saves. Uh, seven clean sheets, which is joined fourth in the league, yeah. um, which is really good going for a side that have just been nothing but near the bottom all season. Yeah, terribly boring team. And um, at the same time, there's probably other keepers that you'd, you'd opt for instead of Laidlaw, which 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 kind of pips on his chances. But there we are. Ross County, Kilmarnock, Dundee United. It's going to be one of them. It might be two of them. We'll see towards the end of the season. But I think that wraps us up for part two. Hello and welcome back to part three of the Fantasy Fit by Pod. Hopefully you're still with us in this first episode of 2023. We are just going to wrap things up here uh, with just looking at how our teams are actually doing with the conclusion of yet another game week uh, just gone by. Uh, so I actually played my um, bench boost and wild cards, got 107 points, which doesn't seem that bad. But yeah, Scooby says I'm now into this sort of teens and tied 18th, having been first about a month ago. So a bit <laughs> poor for me. Um, I, I made all these changes on Saturday morning. I was actually playing football on Saturday afternoon. So annoyingly had Kevin Nisbet starting, maybe would have gone with uh, uh, Ewan had I seen the team lines. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also went for uh, Tillman, who just isn't fit. Had I seen that, maybe would have gone for a Campwell who uh, pulled off a man of the match performance for Rangers against St Johnston. So, um, yeah, not not the best wild card and bench boost uh, used by me um, at all. How how did your triple captain go, Scobie? <laughs> um, I uh, the triple captain went all right. I think I don't think I was alone in doing that. To have uh, 54 points, he's returned, mm. which is a, which is a good return, isn't it? Um, another clean sheet tonight would have helped that, obviously, but. Um, you know, yeah, two goals could be, could be there, helped. There is it. Yeah, two was he got? Um, yeah, he's got uh, two oh. goals there, um, an assist as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, look, doing all right. I, I'm I'm floating around 129th. I've been in, in the sort of low hundreds the whole season. It it seems 115 points this week. Um, have a bit of a nightmare with my Celtic players. I'm feeling that's the the biggest issue. One to sort of rotate around. I've still got I've got Hitati. I brought in Maida this week, and I've got Furhashia. Obviously, Kyogo's you know nailed on. You're never going to get anywhere else. But I'm I'm struggling to find where the value sits with Celtic players. Maybe that's something we'll yeah. pick up on another week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Cameron Carter, Vickers, Vickers is your safest shout at the back because he just starts mm. every game. Uh, he's obviously yeah. a little bit more expensive, but I think he's probably worth that. Kyogo just has to be in your team. And yeah, it's picking that one midfielder who's going to do a lot, isn't it? Jota yeah. seems to start every game. Um, and yeah. 
and then you've obviously got uh, Mera actually is a striker in the game, um, mm-hmm. and then Leela Bada is the one that if he could start getting a run of games because he's really, I mean, he's mm-hmm. so exciting to watch for Celtic when he comes on and really makes stuff happen. And mm-hmm. um, obviously Mera can run um, and run and run and run and run. He's probably but still running. He's probably still running he tonight. He is probably. The game finished now, he's probably still running. But Leela Bada offers that creativity and, and those goals and assists that we so much uh, love in Fantasy Football Scotland. Yeah. Um, moving across to, to Rangers quickly, I mean, we had one question come in from uh, from John Cameron. Thank you very much for getting in touch. Um, and he's asking, is it Kolak, is it Morelos, or is it Sakala um, for, for Rangers? Where, where do you see that score be? Ooh, that's a big question. Well... Cholak scored tonight, didn't he? Um, yeah, so he got a brace tonight. He got a brace in the end, did he? Yeah. yeah. I'll say we were we were live as it was going on for your uh, listeners, so don't judge. Um, but yeah, so I think who knows? Who knows? I think a lot of people have been going with Sakala. Sakala got two assists tonight. I'm just seeing that and a goal as well. Sakala's the cheaper option too, uh, and you always feel like Sakala's got something coming off the bench. But then if Tillman comes back, does that kind of uh, you know, supplant Sakala, is he in it? Is that going to dent his game time? I don't know. It's a really difficult one. I actually don't really know. And I don't know if I'm going with any of them at this point because I'm probably yeah. having Kyogo, Shanklin, and I'm probably going with a Van Veen or something as well. Yeah, yeah. Or an Eamon Brophy. Or a Duke. Eamon Brophy. Or a Duke, now that. Uh, or a Duke, of course. Fabrizio, of course Fabrizio Romano tweeted about uh, Duke today after his goal at the weekend saying every man and his dog's looking at him. So. Yeah, uh, that's that's unfortunate. But yeah, no, I think look, I think maybe Sakala out of that. I mean, Kolak started the last two games. Yeah, he really, fe- I really felt like he had a point to prove in that game on Saturday against St Johnston was running around like a madman just trying to um, really prove his point because obviously since Beal Beal's come in, he's really uh, favoured Morelos. Yeah, uh, but maybe yeah. it's time to move away from that. So yeah, no, a difficult one. Um, yeah, so yeah, no, thanks for the question. He's also asking where do we think the points will be for the rest of the season? Do we think defenders it's time to pivot towards them? Is are the games going to be tighter? Um, I don't think so. I think I don't think so. Be... I don't see that changing. I think, yeah. um, you want to you try and invest and optimize in your in your midfield and your top three. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're playing your bench trick, you know, every week, we suspect as well. So, just also having some really, and I think there's some really good options in and around that kind of three and a half million mark in the midfield, for example, that you can have off the bench. A guy like Spittle, for example, he got another eight points this week, you know, so something like that can that, that, that can continue to drive points. So, I would go midfield and attack, personally. Superb. Last right. little thing, current league leader, it's simply the best. Oh, no prizes for guessing who he supports. That's G Brownlee. Well done, mate. You are top with 1,835 points. That's in the Fantasy Fitbit Pod League. Um, I think that's it, John. Any other announcements? No, no other announcements. Um, that was that was really enjoyable. Hopefully, the listeners enjoyed it as well. And we will uh, endeavour not to leave it this long uh, for the next. No, one. we won't. We won't. We'll be back in April, I'm sure post um, some Scotland games we'll have that to chat about we'll have some cup drama I'm sure to chat about and we'll be looking we'll be staring down the barrel at the last stretch um, before the split staring down the barrel of my trouserless self I really hope he listens to the pod I really hope he doesn't I'm going to get fired All right. Well, thank you again uh, for for, for tuning back in and and sorry it's been so long. Um, Yeah. Keep on cinching.